What is up, Bridger Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bridger Live, episode number 45. We are back tonight with Matthew Hammersmith. He's the race director for Upstate Ultras, a coach at Without Limits, the co-owner of Go Green Events, and we were absolutely excited to have him on the show. He's a fantastic person, fantastic message, love talking to him. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Yo, what is Crackalack and Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another Ridge Runners live show. Tonight, we have a very special guest on the show. Our guest is the race director for Upstate Ultras, a coach at Without Limits, and the co-owner of Go Green Events. We are excited to talk to him about all of his races in 2021. He's got nine wins on his ultra sign-up page, coming to us all the way from South Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Matthew Hammersmith. How's it going? How are we doing, guys? Thank you guys so much for bringing me on. I can't believe I have nine wins. I'm all just, I, I can't believe they actually leave me on there. I'm surprised they haven't picked me up yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, how are you guys doing? We're doing really well. We're super excited to uh, chat with you tonight. Uh, it's going to be an awesome show, and we're about to dive right into it. For those of you that don't know, my name is Wesley Harton, and joining me tonight is the man who came across Froggy Falls on the latest Road to 100 video, JD3, John Delacky III. How are you? Wesley, I am doing good this evening um work was a really long day for me today and i'm very excited to just sit down and talk about running um nothing like a good way to refresh yourself for that um this did, evening did you run i did not yet i will do that afterwards oh, oh, um i started work at like seven this morning and i literally just stopped like 15 minutes before i jumped on this chat um this evening we're gonna do our favorite activities here um i'm drinking a jackie o's cool beans because i need both that coffee and that alcohol at the same time so that's what I'm rocking tonight. Um, as a reminder, I'm in the I'm in the chat this evening. So go ahead and shoot your chat chat questions over, and I'll get them onto the show. Wesley, what are you drinking? Well, I want to start off with Matthew. I, I this guy's this guy's an <laughs> awesome drink here. It's a, it's a mug like this thing was awesome. I was saving the best so, for last. I, I, one I'm drinking out of my Upstate Ultra beer glass, but um, so I was born in Ohio. I was raised in Indiana, but I met my the love of my life and my heart in Michigan, where I found I really found running. So I am drinking a Michigan beer, a uh, Two Hearted Ale by Bell's. It's 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 my second favorite beer right now. Pernicious is really good. I was gonna go with that, but I'm gonna stick with my heart, and that's Michigan right now. Can't fault you for that. I mean, as an Ohio State fan, you know, I do kind of not like Michigan that much, but uh, no, I'm a Buckeye. I'm a Buckeye. No, dude, I'm born in Ohio. I'm a Buckeye. I went to Eastern Michigan, FFMU. Like the Wolverines, they suck. No, no, no. yeah. <laughs> there, there we go. I just wanted to clear the air here. <laughs> yeah, clear we, the air. <laughs> before we get too deep. I got the uh, Jackie O's Mystic Mom with the other Jackie O's. As you can tell, uh, big Ohio guy, big Athens, Ohio guy. I got my OVRC shirt on, my little. Athens pillow behind me there. So uh, it's going to be an awesome night. Uh, Matthew, I want to start off by uh, getting to know you a little bit more. So obviously uh, you run ultras, you're a race director, you kind of super passionate about the sport. Uh, kind of take us back to how you first kind of fell in love with the sport of ultra running. I mean, so ultra running, it was uh, almost like maybe a mistake. Who knows? I was actually coming off an indoor track season, unaffiliated. I just graduated East Michigan and I was coaching uh, the high school level, I was assistant volunteer coach at Eastern Michigan where I went to school at, and I was training for a 5K, trying to break 15 again uh, as an old guy. And my buddy, and I was also doing like, you know, 67 miles a week. And my buddy goes, hey, you know, we're doing this race down in Ohio. It's called the Green Jewel 50K. And I looked at him and I'm like, 50K, like, 
okay, a 3.1 times 10, carry the one, whatever. And that's 31 miles. Like, no way, I'm not doing 31 miles. It's not happening. And I signed up like that night. And I'm like, what the hell is an ultra? So I started YouTubing like just 50K stuff, like ultra stuff. And he drug me out to it. And um, I didn't, I had a, oh, I, felt, I really feel bad about this, but I bought a jacket at TJ Maxx. It was a Marine Corps marathon. I never even won a marathon yet, but I was wearing the jacket and I'm running and some guy like noticed the jacket and he's like, oh, dude, Marine Corps. I did that a couple years. I'm like, oh, I didn't do it. I just, I, it was cheap. At t- it was like 10 bucks at TJ Maxx. And um, they all had hydration vests and backpacks and bottles and all this stuff. And I go, what the hell are these guys carrying in their hands? We get to the first aid station, this 50K, and I was like nine miles. I, I do I do 16 mile long runs, it's fine. Blue, just blew past them um, and ended up bonking it. Like, well, actually, I, I almost shit my pants. Uh, can I say, can I curse? I almost pooped my pants at 22. And uh, I ended up getting to the marathon, and I'm like, I had no food, no water. I'm shoveling goo and, and, and water and Coca-Cola in my mouth. I'm almost bon- bonk walking the last five miles. And then this photographer's like, dude, you're doing great, but there's one guy behind you. And I'm, I'm winning the race like right now. I turn around and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's just barreling down my back. Sprint the last five miles, end up winning, I think in, I don't know, three, 320 for that Green Jewel race. And uh, I was fucked. I was like, that was the worst, best thing I had ever done. And I want to do it again. So the next couple of weeks, I did a couple of marathons and then a 50 miler that I attempted the burning visual 100. I dropped out of, I think of 62 or 63 miles. And, but after that, I was like, I, I love ultra. So that was my story. So Ohio really got me into ultra running uh, for me. So, you know, for better or worse, um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, 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 it's my heart. That's, that's crazy. I mean, so your first race, you go out there, you no idea like what a 50 K distance not is a clue, not a clue. and you go win the race. I mean, yeah. obviously having that, that emotion, like obviously yeah. it's going to propel you forward into your career. Yeah. Uh, what was it kind of like? I mean, obviously you kind of jumpstarted your career, but like, what was like it like to kind of like be like, wow, okay. I just actually won this race. I need yeah. to go attack well, so a bunch of different I, I, I didn't really know what I, I wanted to know what I was doing, but two, um, after the race was over, uh, Jay Smithensberger was second. We both set the course record. Uh, we beat uh, Michael Pope's record from two years before. So all like very, I didn't know who was who in the world. I still don't even know who's who. But um, Jay's like, man, that was an incredible time. And he was pissed. He was like, he's like, I said, he's like, dude, you ran an amazing race. Why didn't you? But he's like, I'm so pissed that I just beat the record and got second place. <laughs> so he's like, and from there, I'm like, all right, so like, what do I do next? And so it was, it's, it's humbling. Like also you don't get too high on the highs or low on the lows in, in ultra running and trail running. You just kind of, you know, you, you do what you, you show up and do what you can do on that day. And I actually, I tell people all the time, being naive in the sport of running sometimes could be your benefit. Having showed up and having done a lot of long runs at like six minute pace, I was actually comfortable running you know, the first 10 to 15 miles with those guys at seven, seven twenty pace. I'm like, oh, this is easy. But then obviously as you get longer and longer, and I, I kind of kept getting faster and faster, uh, you learn to respect the distance because uh, I mean, when I hit mile 25, 26, I was like zombie died. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I can't feel my legs. <laughs> it was horrible. So yeah, it was like three inches of snow on the ground, but it was a, it was a beautiful day. So I think um, Joe Juzwick, uh put that race on uh, back in the, back in the day. I don't know if he, I don't know if they're still doing that one or not, but that was my first 50 K and I wish I could go back and I want to go back and do it again, to be honest. I just remember when I finished, 
Uh, they had like 50 pizzas on the table and I just grabbed one box of pizza and sat over by the fire and ate the whole pizza. I just sat there for like an hour. <laughs> so obviously you're as a race director now, I mean, when you were running those races back in the day, did you ever like have the idea like, Hey, maybe I'll become a race director. Or did you notice things at no. certain races? Like, Hey, this is something I really like about this race. I'm going to use that in the future. No, I think at the time, uh, yeah, I think at the time, I mean, and I still am to this day a little bit, uh, I was really selfish. I was like all, all about kind of personal gain. Like, how can I run faster? Can I compete? Can I get to the next level? So after that happened, I, I literally signed up for the Burning River 100, which was the national 100 mile championship. I had I barely did a 50K and I'm like, oh, I can do the national 100 mile championship. Um, so that story got even crazier because I went out and I tried to lead that race for the first 25, 26 miles. And we were running, I think we, we went through the first marathon in like under 320. It was an incredible pace. And we got to the the, the, the marathon aid station. Before we got there, there was a there was a first aid station. Um, and those guys stopped. And I'm like, well, I've been here before. Maybe I should just keep on going. But I just kept kept plugging along. I had a crew at this time, so I was kind of a little bit more versed on crew and aid stations and water and all this stuff. But we actually got to the third or fourth aid station and there was nobody that they were actually some guy was pulling in and trying to set things up and we were beating the aid station people to their checkpoints because we were moving at such a flip and the guy's like oh i'm like which way do i go he's like i oh, just go down the trail this way and i took off got lost and it was a long way and uh he came sprinting down after me and, and so that's why like my race ended at like 62 or 63 a connie gardner uh, was there and uh, she passed me like right at a hundred K mark and she's patting me on the back and she goes, better luck, be- better luck next year, kid. <laughs> and I just felt so sorry for myself. And, uh, but no, I was, I was hooked. So I just, I thought I was going to be a, a high level competitor. So I was very, uh, very into my own world. So I, and I did the Tussie mountain back 50 um, and just kind of got into that whole world. But once I moved down South, it was more about how can I connect with the community? How can I give back? How can I, get more people out on the trails so yeah yeah so i think at the beginning i never thought of myself as a race director i thought of myself as a runner that i wanted to make it and uh, i still do but you know it's more I'm, I'm i'm more about how can i get back to you know where i'm at right now awesome was that was that like first mental like um i want to become a race director part of like the moving south part or what like what, no, was, no, what inspired uh, that what was like your like so desire for that no i was i was going through you know personal life stuff when i was living in michigan ohio and then um and i just i knew i needed to, you know you know just mental health reasons i gotta get out of, out, of, out of town so i moved down south and i i knew one person and her and her uh, uh, boyfriend now they're now married they had a lease that was going to be up in a couple months but they were already moving out of charleston you know hey you can you can cra- crash on a couch and you know make your way if it doesn't work out you can always go back i was living with my grandfather at the time and we were single wild trailer and um, I, I, I said hey grandpa i'm gonna be down south and i'm gonna see what i can do moved down there and i was I had no friends. I had no money. So all I did was run and eat mama noodles. And I got in really good shape. So I, I just signed up for 5K, 10K, you know, half marathon. And I was just winning, 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 winning. And I was like, who in the heck is this, you know, Matt Hammersmith guy? And uh, so I kind of made a name for myself as a runner. And then I'm like, well, when the summer kind of hit, um, all the races basically just stopped happening. It's so hot down here. So I'm like, well, I just moved down here three months ago. I don't know anybody. And, 
and uh, I'd like to continue this coaching. I was kind of coaching a little bit, um, this coaching running mentality. So I started, I'm like, well, maybe I should put on my own race. And I put on the first year, the first annual knock on wood relay. It was actually called the Without Limits uh, Running Festival. And I did a, a kids run, a 5K, a 25K. A, and this is, this is, I'll show you how stupid I am putting on my first race. A kids run, 5K, 25K, 50K, 100K, uh, a 24-hour run, and a 100-mile team relay. So I put in seven races in one weekend, not knowing what I was doing. Uh, about 250 people showed up and we had the time of our lives, but I was so scattered brain. What the heck just happened? And, uh, but afterwards I met, I just remember meeting so many people. I said, this is it. Like, I want to do this again. Like we're definitely doing it next year. And then where else can I go? Oh my God, there's Paris Mountain State Park, Table Rock State Park, Oconee State Park. I mean, there's all these beautiful places to run it down here in the foothills. And it just, uh, it just kind of snowballed and from there. Yeah. Obviously, that's a pretty epic first experience coming out of race tractor. You know, 250 people, seven different events there. I, I, I lost money, by the way. I think I charged like 10 or 15 bucks. And that's why people were like, oh, I'll do a 100 miler for 15 bucks. And I was like making the awards and like, you know, chip them in my, you know, my kitchen. It was, it was, it was a madness. It was horrible. But, but I just knew if I could bring people together, something special was going to happen. And it did. I think a lot of race directors won't, I mean, I feel like a lot of them are afraid to say, try that. Cause I feel like, um, you know, losing money first year, like a lot of times it's just about learning when you're starting off as a race director, I believe. And so what are the kind of lessons that you learned from that first uh, event, even as this was super successful, but what are some things you kind of learned in that first uh, event? So as a community and, you know, every race director has a core group of volunteers or just community of, of support. You cannot do, you cannot direct a race on your own. You cannot, um, you just can't do it. So um, what I realized is I didn't know anybody, but after that weekend, I knew tons of people. Um, and I actually, it was funny because I was uh, running a bunch of races, like I was saying, winning races, trying to get my name out there. And I did this race uh, directed by Tim Shelma at Bosch um, Manufacturing. And I went and I ran it and I won it. And then, but the top place female was this, was this like, you know, like she. Shannon Howell. I don't know if you heard her name, but um, she ran the race and her husband just tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey man, like, I know you do some coaching, but without limits, my, my, my wife, she needs some coaching. You got to coach her. And so I started talking to him about it. And I said, well, Hey man, like, I'd love to talk to her. Have her come volunteer at one of my races. I got a race coming up like next week. I've never done it before. Like I would love some help. So she signed up to volunteer at 4 a.m because she's a true ultra runner. She signed up to volunteer at 4 a.m. to like 8 a.m. She shows up at 4 a.m. I am zonked out of my mind trying to watch these relay runners and 100 milers. And it was a two-mile loop. This is a stupid two-mile loop race. So she shows up. I said, Shannon, nice to meet you. I've seen you at the last race. I'm going to bed. So I went to go to sleep. And I woke back up at like 8 a.m. And she's got all taken care of. And it's it's fine. And, and I was like, that's that's a cool, like, that's a cool thing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Shannon, one of the top ultra runners on the East Coast. Uh, yeah. I think everyone kind of knows her name and what kind of what she's accomplished. Uh, it's kind of a super neat story there. Uh, kind of how did you transition, obviously, to start adding more races and eventually kind of develop into upstate ultras? Oh, from there. So after that race, I was like, well, um, and it, so me and my wife, we actually got married at 
Harris Mountain State Park. And uh, I run, that was my first, so that was my first actual trail run. I got hooked up with uh, John Bruno and Dane uh, Simmons at Runner, which is a local running store here. And they're like, hey man, we're going to go do this run next Saturday. You should come join us at Paris Mountain. I'm like, well, cool. Like I've been just running the roads here. Like, I'm, a, I'm a road runner at heart. Like don't, don't kill me for it. I love the roads. I love the track. Um, but they invited me up to this Paris Mountain road race or Paris Mountain uh, road run. And um, uh, so I got there and we kind of got off, off, off of, off the road and got onto the trail and I'm sort of just climbing Sulphur Springs and it's going up and up and up. I'm like, holy crap, this is, this is amazing. And uh, so that fall, I was like, we should do a race here. And so I contacted the park and I'm like, hey, I know you guys have like one or two other like like 6K, 7K races. Can we do like a 50K, 50 mile race? And they're like, yeah, sure, it's fine. And and that's and that got started. And then I'm like, well, maybe we should do another. Race. It just it literally just snowballed because I enjoyed meeting new runners and like providing uh, just an opportunity for for the community in general. I think a lot of race directors have like one race, especially maybe it's an early race that they kind of like resonate with. There's one that's like more special to their heart. Yeah. Uh, if you had to pick one out of like all of your races, uh, which one did you think that would be? Man, I'd like to say like I was in, <laughs> I probably probably my first one. It was it was called the Without Limits Running Series. We changed it to the Knock on Wood. And I only say that because we've had so many like inspirational stories. And that's probably one of my big I've got like 500 people signed up for that race, but that's one of my bigger trail races. And it, it's a festival. It's a running festival. We've got a relay, a hundred miler, a 50 miler, a 50 K and a 10 mile race all kind of wrapped up in a single weekend. And I really only, I think it's, it's my, it's special because we've had so so many inspirational people there. I mean, geez, you go back to um, uh, Tito was a, a runner of ours. He broke the world record for running a hundred miles with a gas mask on. You probably, you might've seen from the videos photos on our facebook page um brian uh we actually had a guy named, uh, brian bagnall he was um he had a he had a heart attack he died on our course for like 10 minutes he was dead he was like his heart was not not beating and uh some guy comes out of the trail and says hey there's a guy passed out down here and like, oh geez grab my phone i run down to the and, and luckily it's a five mile loop here and uh when i i he he literally passed out 100 meters into the trail. So I grab my phone, I run in hundred meters and I look at him like that guy passed out. He's, he's dead. Call 911. I sprinted. And I just, I just bought an AED, uh, like two weeks earlier, sprinted back to my truck, grabbed the AED. Some guy sees me sprinting by and I'm panicking, almost like crying here. And, um, he's like, what's going on? I said, there's a guy, I think he's dead. Like he's not, <laughs> there's no heart rate. There's no, he's not breathing. And, um, grab the AED. He, he follows me. He's like, Oh, I'm a 30 year, like yeah, ER nurse. I'm like, okay. I'm in good hands. We get down there and he'll hook him up and shock him once, nothing, shock him twice, nothing. And I'm about to clock. I'm like, we're about to kill this guy. We got to be, to be dead. Third time shocked him. <laughs> this guy comes to life. And I'm freaking out. And, uh, the next, uh, the EMS shows up, they inject him with adrenaline he's not good to go but he's you know he's he's, he's living i guess taking the hospital the guy walks out the next day and he calls me that afternoon and he goes hey man uh i'm coming into town next week do a checkup <laughs> like you want to go out for lunch I'm like hell yeah dude you were just dead like an hour ago <laughs> like let's for sure let's do this so knock on wood is definitely my best my favorite 
it's it's close to my heart. Like it's just you know, it's not a it's not a scenic route. It's not a, a point to point. It's not a you know cruel whatever. It's just it brings people together that you don't see very often. And when you have loop courses, you see them more often. And that's what makes that race special. That's what makes loop racing special, in my opinion, is that you can um, you see people. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. I, I mean, I love good scenes, but I'm, I'm a th- I like to train up at Mount Mitchell and all the all amazing places. But when I'm racing, I want to hang out and see people. You know. Yeah, that is. I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, that's a crazy experience to kind of have as a race director. And you know, I bet there's a billion other race directors who hope they never have that experience. Um, but the knock on wood uh, race is set to take place on April 23rd and 24th this year. Yeah. There's still spots available in that race for this upcoming year. I think there's, yeah, I think there's like uh, five or six spots left in the 50 K a few spots left in the 50 mile. I mean, there's like, like literally 15, 20 spots left. And that's because that race got canceled. Um, it was, it was full last year. I got can't, it was one of the first races that I had to cancel last year. And uh, so some some runners have been responding like, hey, I can't do it this year, you know, family, travel, another race, whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully by the end of this episode, uh, that sells out for you down there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a it's a, it, there's I'm going to see people that I haven't seen all year at that race. And that's going to that's it, it's, it's always a good time. So. Uh, talking about people you just kind of saw recently, uh, talk about the race you had a couple of weekends ago. I think it was two weeks back now. Um, yeah. Kind of talk about like what that it was like, kind of obviously uh, being back in the racing atmosphere and kind of having the megaphone out and kind of doing the race director duties and uh, yeah. kind of how that whole experience went for you. So, yeah, we, um, you know, we obviously when the pandemic hit, we, we, we just didn't have any information. So we knew we, we didn't, well, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't know anything. So we're like, all right, uh, March canceled, April canceled, May canceled, half of June was canceled. And I found some, some, you know, some athletes that I coached, they own some private, you know, horse farmland and let's put on a couple of races. And then when June kind of rolled around, like all of this, um, information, you know, you're not going to get, you're highly not going to get it when you're outside, you know, all, all these informations and everything is conflicting now. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to start putting on races again. And so we were full forged ahead in all of June, July, and August, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, whether you hate it or you don't, that was my choice. And I allowed my participants to make their own personal choice, whether they wanted to sign up or not. So, so we had this, this past uh, couple of weeks, we had the snowbird challenge, which is kind of like the Carolina Reaper. So um, very unique style race. It's literally, a, it's a 2.6, uh, two mile loop and you get 45 minutes to do a loop. If you finish early, you get more time to rest. If you finish late, you obviously get less time to rest. And it really is, uh, there's a 50K, a marathon, a half marathon, a rock division, and a, a little short five mile division. And yeah, we, I mean, we had, a, we had a blast. It's uh, kind of just a, just a, a winter version of our Carolina Reaper that a lot of runners do both. They do the harder, hot Carolina Reaper, and then they do the snowbird cold. It wasn't that cold. It was like, you know, 45 degrees. Um, it's probably not out like Utah. It's probably like 15 degrees out right now. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I just, I love doing it. And I think there's, there was definitely a need um, for runners to have an outlet. I know what I felt like personally in April and May when the pandemic hit and I was, I was running a lot, but I didn't see anybody in it. You know, I, I suffer like many runners do from, you know, whether it's seasonal affective disorder or just a, some sort of hormonal disimbalance or mental illness and just 
you gotta, you have to have an outlet or a release, and uh, we wanted to provide that for our runners. So we we were just full steam ahead for all of our races. Yeah, that's great to hear. And one thing that I'm kind of curious about is when you were kind of, obviously not a ton of races were going on, you know, a lot of races came back late in the year last year, but did you see a lot of road runners kind of making that transition to the trails? Cause they were like, obviously no big city marathons can kind of go on. And if so, what was that kind of like uh, having that different dynamic at your races? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, and, and we, we, you know, when I say the word road runners, that phrase, sometimes I give it a bad connotation. I am at heart a road runner. Like I love to run on the roads, but I find peace when I'm running on the trails. So this past six, seven, eight months when all of these road races, so what happens at road races, it's 500 plus, 500 people in a downtown center and it's just, you know, enclosed areas. It just doesn't work. But when you take 250 to 300 people out in the middle of the woods, it's a much more safe environment. It's, you're safer at one of my races than you are going to shop at Home Depot. No, and I shop at Home Depot all the time. I go on like, this this place that matters. Um, so when I when I'm when I'm referencing Roadrunners, and for the first time, it's it's amazing what happened this past six months is my race has actually started growing, and I'm like, oh, holy crap! Like, you know, this is a it's it's a good problem to have, but I, I don't know how to manage it. And I realized a lot of them had no idea. They were, I was getting so many emails like, hey, uh, where's the start line? Uh, what, what do I do? Uh, they're just like asking me questions. They just didn't understand the trail and ultra world. So like I'm now walking them through my videos and my emails like, hey, you know, it's your first time ever running a trail race, whether it's eight miles or 80 miles. Um, you need to have that. You need to have some sort of vernacular that helps newbie runners enter the sport because I think, I personally believe that the, the, and there was a 90s a boom of like road 5Ks and marathoners. I think there's going to be a boom of trail runners moving forward that uh, is going to benefit all race directors and just all state parks and local parks and trail systems and just nonprofits uh, all across the U.S. So uh, I'm hoping that I have been able to guide in a positive manner in that, in that sense, but yeah, we have so many new roadrunners that have never done a trail race that were like, hey, man, uh, my race got canceled last week or last month. Or, hey, I haven't done a race since April of last year. I want to do a trail race. What do I need to know? And I'm like, oh, you know, you know just do what I do. Don't know anything and just show up and make all the mistakes you could possibly make and then uh, learn from them. That's kind of what I do. So, yeah. Love it. Um, we got our first couple of uh chat comments questions coming in tonight uh everyone seems to be talking about the table rock uh race and eric anderson specifically asked what it's like um what would you expect there and when is it so the table rock race is march 6th and 7th 7th and 8th something like that it's a, it's like the first or i can't, I can't really remember 6th and 7th 6th uh, and 7th <laughs> I, mean, I have so many races don't ask me when stuff is. Um, so what I would say about that is, you know, we really tried this year. So Table Rock State Park, there, there's actually two Table Rocks. There's one in North Carolina and one in South Carolina. Uh, Brandon Thrower puts on an epic uh, North Carolina 50-mile and 50K version. We just have a 25K, 50K version of the South Carolina Table Rock uh, State Park. And it, it kind of it's nestled into the foothills. And this year, we actually tried to get permits to make it a single loop, um, 50, excuse me, 50K course uh, out to uh, Sassafras. 
which it would have hit the tallest mountain, the second tallest mountain, and the third tallest mountain all in one loop. It's a beautiful course, but couldn't get the permits this year. So now we're just kind of doing the same 25K loop twice. Um, I've done that course, and uh, I would, <laughs> to be honest, I always tell people this, like, I love, Taylor Walk is my favorite race to direct. One, the state park pass rolls out the red carpet. They're just so helpful. Um, but uh, And the views are amazing uh, over at the ball and over at Table Rock Overlook. But uh, I would never sign up for the 50K. I would always do the 25K. One loop is enough on that pool. Shannon Howell, she, she, she might admit to this, but uh, I'll, I'll, hell, I'll tell it um, you know, all over YouTube. Uh, she was like, uh, she did the 50K three years in a row and she won every single year. And uh, on the third year, she was like, I got up to the tallest point on the second time and I was just crying. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it's a course. It just chews you up, man. Like I think a lot of people uh, from out West, uh, when you, you, there's a lot of elevation. You're, one, you're at higher elevation and you, you climb a little bit higher, but I think it's, it's more maybe gentle climbing. Man, the East Coast can chew you up and spit you out. Like you can really, you can find some vertical spots really quickly in a short amount of distance. So I think that's kind of what happened uh, with a lot of our runners is that when they show up for the first time, they do the 25K, they're like, nah, I'm gonna stick, I'm sticking to this distance. And that's how I am. I'm not, I would never recommend the 50K, but it, it sells out every year. <laughs> Awesome. Um, the other comments we have in the chat from this evening so far are Cam Wrench, the sixth man of the nation, saying that this is probably the best beard we've ever had on the show. Um, no, so we'll, have really? to, we'll have to pass that on. I just um, shaved it, man. I just trimmed it last week. So I just, uh, or two weeks ago. I, so we, I've actually been debating whether I should. So my hair, I mean, I can't, I'll show me. My hair is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go with the hair first or the beard first. But uh, we were debating it last week, and I think I, one of them needs to go, and I'm not sure which one it needs to be. Probably the hair. You think the hair? Just so, the so beard. you 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 should uh, uh, you might be able to scope out some photos on my Facebook. But uh, I used to have a big uh, shaved head with a beard twice as big as this uh, when I was in college, mm. and I did not look very friendly. I don't look friendly now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think I think you look friendly. Yeah. to come up and talk to you, drinking some good beer, hanging out, race directing. I don't see what's wrong with that. Just don't get on my don't get on my bad side. No, I'm just that's a whole that's a whole different topic. Um, and then one other comment I think was from the beginning of the of the show when Alex Ball commented, um, oh, "Big old boo on your I think was Michigan statement." But um, oh jeez, you know what else? So he went to Michigan Tech. He went up. To, he was in the UP. He's an athlete that I coach and. Now he's a pretty good runner. He actually he just did no business 100, which is an amazing race. If you're ever looking for a 100 mile race that really supports the runners, check out No Business. Um, it's it's awesome. He he did it last year, and they changed. What's cool about that race is they change directions every year. So he got the he got the belt buckle going one way, and now he's going to come back and do it going the other way. Which he, he says it might be easier. So yeah. There's a lot of people who uh, who love that race, and I think that's the one that I'd like love to do in the future someday. Uh, one thing that I've kind of just realized, just kind of talking to you and the kind of the way that you kind of talk about other races, I think it's refreshing. And like a lot of other race directors may not have this philosophy, but the way that you kind of go about it and you talk about other races, like you mentioned Brandon Thrower's race up at Table Rock Ultras and, yeah. uh, you know, other races now. Uh, I feel like you kind of like you just I, I genuinely enjoy the trail running community and you kind of like don't see this competition because I think you, kind of, you can all grow 
road together. Is that a fair statement or how do you kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, uh, no, like, uh, so, I mean, look at, look at it this way. There's uh, over 16 million road runners every single year and uh, their trail runner group in general, like some of the polls that I follow has doubled every three years. So let's think about this in uh, three years from now. Can my race, can my table rock double? No, it's it's sold out. It's at capacity. So we need we just we need to encourage more race directors to be on the platform to be able to present uh, runners to get off the road and enjoy some of the intimacy that trail running provides. Um, and I don't. I mean, obviously, there's race directors that don't like me, and that's fine. And there's you know, it just it's part of the game. Um, and I probably used to be like that. I used to be very selfish. But you know what? Like. I got a, a wife, beautiful wife, beautiful kids. I got a you know a roof over my over my head. I got food in my belly. I got beer in my gut. Like I don't have time to deal with some of the things that other people have to worry about. So my concern is, what can I do with the community around me? We have built uh, the Scum Club up to over eighteen hundred members, and not numbers. I don't even care about numbers, but they feel like they have a home when they come to one of my races and they wear my jersey. Not, not even my jersey. I mean, like Eric Brumbelow, he's the one that came up with a, he, he just texted me one night and we were both drunk and he goes, hey man, like I was thinking about like your races. You should come up with like a club and it should be the Scum Club, South Carolina Ultra Marathon. I'm like, all right, that's freaking awesome. Let's do it. So like Eric, you know, kudos to you. He he comes to my races. He's got the little band do it action going on. But, but no, like the community, it's gotten closer to the point where it's not even a, it's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you since the last race. It's more like, hey, man, how's your kids? How how how's the family? How's you know, like, hey, I heard you know your mom got cancer. It's a family. It's not even a community anymore. It's it's a it's a it's a family. So that's what I think about it. And uh, I so when I shed light on other RDs, it's because they had brought me in and showed me the same kind of community that I hope to represent in the city of South Carolina and also in the Southeast. And we've got, we've got club members from all over, you know, six, seven different states. So probably even Ohio. So. That's a super refreshing answer. And that's honestly probably one of the most unique answers uh, I think I've heard on one of our live shows so far is uh, just kind of the, like I said, you, the, giving to other race directors, you know, kudos and kind of realizing that you guys are all kind of coming together for the same greater purpose. And I think that's just uh, super awesome. Uh, one thing I'm super curious about and would love to kind of dive deeper on is what is the trail community like in South Carolina? Obviously you were not from South Carolina originally, but you've kind of, I, I fall in love with the community and you've kind of grown it at a ton, I'd imagine over the past couple of years, but what is it like to someone maybe coming into South Carolina for the first time to do one of your races? Yeah, I mean, I think um, in, in every state is different. Every park system is different. Um, I always, I, I, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I'm jealous of like what the West can do with their races. When you have like wide open million acre parcels of land to do point to point races and just like ask a couple of farmers like, hey, can we run through your trail? <laughs> like, sure, great, great. But over on the East Coast and the Southeast, everything is really condensed. Um, so as far as, uh, my race is concerned, I can really only get away with doing like 25 K loops, like 15 and a half mile loops. So like when I do a 50 K, most of them are like Harbison 50 K is a two lapper table rock is a two lapper Paris mountain is a two lapper. A lot of my races are two lap events, which sometimes deters people away, but like, in, in essence, it's like, I, I can't, there's nothing else I can do. Everything is just a little bit different. So 
with with that and the course description also comes um, what comes with the participants. So in a point to point race, I've done point to point, you've done point to point. Uh, I've run a race and said, hey, look, there's 15 people that finished ahead of me and 15 people that finished behind me. All of them are fairly elite or upper runners. Well, see you later. We're going to take a shower. And that's it. You, you, you're just done. But when you do a looped race, there's an intimacy where you finish your loop and there, and it might be a four loop or five loop or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, there might be a bunch of people that you know that are only starting their third of their fifth loop. And they're just kind of going around, hey man, I'm gonna see you in a couple of loops, save me a beer, save me a burger, hang around, whatever. It creates an intimacy that I think is needed in the sport of endurance running that you don't really see in road 5Ks. And it's not that you don't see that in point to point. I mean, like you look at like Jason Green, he put he puts on a pretty epic, you know, a couple of races where people are like, we're staying all freaking night and we're gonna, you know, hang out, drink beer, and meet all the runners. Um, and but it's hard in other races, like where you know, if it, if it's you know, the climate's not right or the, the environment's not right, people run, they grab a beer, and then they're out of there and they don't see anybody else back. So we're just trying to find uh, an equal balance between competitiveness and the course uh, access and beauty and also the community. So if I can mold all them into one, like that's what I'm looking for. I mean, that seems like the perfect uh, strategy there to kind of like mold them all into one, like you mentioned there. Uh, obviously you have a ton of races. I can't even count how many races you have. I'm not going to try to name them all. You can find them on the list uh, at upstateultra.com. But I'm kind of curious on if you had to pick one race, you know, people are trying to figure out like which one of your races to do, maybe pick one that's maybe the most like challenging uh, another one's like the most scenic and another one's like the most runnable. Like someone is going to just go super fast and maybe try to parse oh, it out. I, let me, can I, can I, can I pull up my races real quick? No. Uh, so I would say the most, uh, the most scenic is definitely table rock. Like it's, you, you know, you're, you're on the second highest mountain and it's got this beautiful, like just, it's a table rock, like a table. And you can see as, as far as the eye could see that one might be the most scenic route, uh, the most challenging some people would say Carolina Reaper and uh, me and my buddy, actually my, my coaching uh, mentor, business mentor, Tom Clifford out of with that one, we were just drinking beer and I go, dude, we got to come up with something hard, like something stupid hard. And this is, we, we kind of, and I, and I, I, I kind of tore out a page out of like uh, Tim Barnes down in Buford. He did the Homestead 50K, which is like a, a 10 by 5K. And then um, uh, Noah uh, put on the, puts on the Peyton Whacking Wild 5K, which is down in Charleston area. I'm like, well, I know they do that for a 50K. Let's do it for a marathon, but let's pick the worst possible opportunity. So we started the race at noon in July down in South Carolina, and we call it the Carolina Reaper. So Carolina Reaper peppers are made, obviously, in Fort Mill, which is about a, an hour drive. And so that race might be the most challenging. So I would go table walk for scenery and Carolina Reaper for like, you're just going to just sweat and die. But you know what? It's cool because if you're a decent runner, you get rest time in between and you social. I mean, this is all kind of post COVID. This past year was kind of weird with COVID and stuff, but post COVID world, Snowbird and Carolina Reaper are the best races, I think, for challenging yourself at a, a ultra distance, but also getting to know what it's like to be around because everybody starts and finishes at the same time. So the 50K starts first, marathon starts two hours later, the half marathon starts two hours later, and then the 10K starts two hours later. Everybody finishes the last lap together and it turns into like a 400 person 
just like celebration of we did it. Whatever we chose to do, we freaking did it. And then everybody drinks beer and we have a live band and stuff afterwards. Some beers and live bands after races. Oh, dude, it's, so I haven't been to a, I haven't been to a concert in freaking oh, Jesus sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm on that same page. Drink some beer and listen to some music after a race, and yeah. I'm, I'll be real happy. Um, I want to take a quick breather here, or take you quick take a quick breather here while I uh, remind everyone: if you haven't subscribed to us and you think we've earned it and you like what we're doing, go ahead and subscribe. Um, and I'm gonna challenge all the people watching tonight to uh, share this with a friend. So you know you're all you know. Matt's all here talking about community and whatnot and getting the word out and spreading stuff around. So share this, share what he's talking about, share his message with a friend. Um, and then I'm going to let Wesley get back into the next set of questions. Yeah. All my scum members, you better freaking subscribe and share this stuff because stop. I don't know what you guys watch on YouTube, but my stuff sucks. So you might as well watch something good when you're on YouTube. So watch these guys. We actually had a comment earlier. that says, um, who said it? Oh, I can't find it. Where's it at? Where's it at? Someone was talking about your videos are awesome. No, my no, my background has changed. I used to do it in my office, and now I'm oh. trying to do it in my workout room because we actually have decked out our workout room. But well, thank you for the, the Marie Marie Meyer says Matt's videos are very okay. helpful. All right, okay. yeah, I mean, I do informational videos instead of racing guys. So Ridge Runner Nation, they're a pretty passionate group of uh, people. Obviously, if you subscribe, you know, they're always trying to figure out, you know, new race structures that we have on, new people that are just like all about the people that we kind of have on. And so we'd love to kind of hear what your YouTube channel is. So every, all everyone in Ridge Runner Nation can kind of go over there and subscribe <laughs> no, as well. So no, no, what, I, what, <laughs> what is it? Do not, do not come to my channel. No, so, so, my, so I will say this is like legit. This is the truth here. So typically what I do is uh, the week of a race. I do a 10 to 15 minute video like, hey, where do you park? Where do you go? What time is the race start? What do you expect? Et cetera, da, 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 da. And it helps a lot of our runners, especially our first time runners, especially this past year when we were like, I'm a roadie, what do I do? And, uh, but no, recently I'm like, you know what? I've got a little bit more time on my hands. People want to know what I do day to day. So I've been posting videos like every other day of like what I do, like what is it being race director? Like what do you, you know, like and just people are interested, you know, and I try to have a positive spin on everything because everything, I mean, this world is just shit sometimes. So we need to have some positive people out there. And I think I'm one of them, even though we all have our own issues and have our own problems, we can, we, we and I, I truly believe this, we can choose to be happy, we can choose to be positive. So that's what I do. I'm hoping that is our, you know, page in my YouTube channel as a coach, as a race director, as a timer, as a, you know, just a supporter of the community. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, re I really love that comment. Like you can choose to be happy because, you know, there's so many things happen to many of us that we have absolutely no control yeah, over, sucks. but yeah, sucks. do what you can yeah. be happy. You can control at least how you respond to something. So, you know, that, that, that's the truest thing is like, um, you know, you can choose to be another shit person when someone's shit to you, but like, why there's no point if you're not you're not solving anyone's problem so like i mean i i and i i've been on the uh the other end of that stick where like i did something like why the hell did i do that like there's no point in me even saying that or thinking that so yeah man, we just 2021 is a new year let's 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 freaking roll with it let's let's do something crazy let's be be humans <laughs> again yeah, all about it. And one more time, what was the name of your channel for? Uh, uh, do, do you think I know that answer? Uh, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I just started this like a week and a half ago. Uh, okay, I don't know, well, just, we'll just put, 
We'll put it in the description of this video yeah. afterwards, you know. Maybe someone in the chat can help us out, but it'll, it'll You know help. what? You you think I know my race is on? <laughs> I got one every 20 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> that's that's very fair. And you know, the one thing that's super interesting is because I you know, I think there's a new generation of race directors that's also kind of coming into the sport. You know, I don't think you can kind of be the race directors that, you know, uh David Horton's of the world, you know, Lazarus Lake, you know, when they came into the sport, you know, they didn't have to worry about social media as much, uh, yeah. because it's just not wasn't as important. But now it's so prevalent, I think, and it's so important for runners to, you know, see your face on a video and kind of interact before you even get to the starting line. Um, how do you think you've helped kind of make that transition and kind of come to that realization that, hey, it's actually important for me to kind of uh, create additional content uh, outside of just putting on races? I So I think I do it just to make my message clear, but I don't think it's needed. I mean, it's hard, man, because like the guys like David Horton and Laz, like they have done something that transcends what the sport is and they, they've made a community without even thinking about ultra running or trail running in general. Um, I guess my generation is more concerned with um, efficiency. That's that, when my, my mind goes to efficiency. How can I be efficient with my time? Uh, people, and this is just a general statement, people that work today are 60% more efficient than their previous generation, but they're also working 15, 10 to 15 hours more than they're like, they're working 55 hour work weeks, but they're also more efficient. So I think there's something to be said about like the idea that I don't think it's necessarily needed in our sport. I just think whatever your viewpoint is or whatever your message is or whatever your direction is, if it's so clear, I think you can transcend all the social media. I don't like, I'm not a good in front of the camera. I'm not good in front of the the microphone, the megaphone, and the, the emails and all that stuff. So, um, but I do it because I know our generation is used to it. And I think we're kind of moving towards that general direction. So I'm trying to get on board with it. Um, but I think guys like Laz and, and, and Tim, or I'm sorry, and, and, um, what was I thinking of? Yeah. David. Yeah, David. Um, I think they've, uh, they've gotten to a point in their career of uh, race directing that they don't need any of that stuff to be successful. Um, but, and I hope some of that, that stays, I hope, I kind of hope uh, what they're doing, that stigma of just the grittiness of racing and, and Shannon, she could tell you she's done all of, all of David's races. And, and I, I see his posts and I follow him and I follow, there's a lot of guys that I follow and I have a lot of respect for, but I am young enough that I understand where the sport's going. So I kind of have to like, I have to kind of part ways with my old school, like, hey, just suck it up and do the course. If you get lost, deal with it phase. And, and then also the, the hey, I want to finish your medal at the end of this 50K. What do you got for me, dude, uh, phase? So it's, just, it's, it's a fine line for me. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. I think um, I don't think I'm handling it well because I want to stick with my old school roots, but I am handling it, handling it enough to – have to transition uh, the business model to be on YouTube. And I just did this, you know, this past couple of weeks where like, I'm like, Hey, you know, YouTube, I'm, 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 a, I'm on YouTube more than, more than, you know, most people. And I'm like, Holy shit, this is a, no one, no one owns a TV anymore. Everyone's getting all their information from YouTube. So like, I better freaking do something. So it's kind of, I'm, it's a, I'm forced to do it um, just to kind of keep up with the times. And I'm not that old. I'm, I'm 33 years old. So, but I understand you know, the, the nostalgia of 
paper registration, showing up to a race the day of, hey, I'd like to do this 50 miler. Can I sign up today? Nobody does that nowadays. Everyone's got you know, pre-registered. Where's the pre-race inf- information? Where's the pre-race packet pickup? Where's the, you know, like, it's just a different world that we live in. And uh, I'm trying to get involved in it and I want to be better as a race director, but I don't, I don't, I don't hold weight with, with the guys of David Horton and Laz. Like they, they just, they've set the standard and the rest of us are trying to hold it, but also transition to this new idea of what it is to be a race director, you know, an effective, you know, successful one um, in 2021. Yeah, that's, that's quite the answer there. I love that one. Um, the, we have another question from the chat coming from Eric Anderson. It says, is there a place that you want to have a race, but you can't get permits for, <laughs> or can't have the race there for other this, reasons? This is like an insight. This must be like an insight question. So, so obviously uh, if you're in, if you're familiar with our area, there's a, a, a trail called the Foothills 77. It is 77 miles from Table Rock State Park all the way to Oconee State Park. And it is the most beautiful trail system that I could ever imagine. It, I mean, I'm not trying to like boast and brag about it, but it is, uh, it's better than anything I've ever been on. And uh, you can't get birds. So you're crossing over not only it dips into North Carolina a little bit, like literally for like a mile. Um, it crosses over three counties, DNR, private land, Duke Energy, uh, three state parks. Um, if you wanted to cut that amount of red tape, it just it just never would happen. And I've talked to the people about doing it, um, and it just it did it just didn't work out. And then and then I I was reminded by this is you know the sentimental value of ultra running. I was reminded by some of the old timers that you know hey the foothills trail is a very intimate and secretive and desolate place that we like to find alone time they told me don't do a race here like let people explore it on their own it's fine if there's never a race that covers the foothill 77 and i thought that was kind of so when somebody told me that they said it they said it in a way that was respectful because they knew that i i'm a race director looking for races to put on uh, but when they said that, I kind of, and, and these guys were 40, 50 years older than I am. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, 30 to 40 years older than I am. And um, I, I thought about it for a while and I said, you know what, as much as I would love to put on the Foothill 77, it's not worth the history and solitude that has brought that trail system um, uh, memories and happiness to a lot of individual runners that live in the upstate. As much as I want to bring runners from out of the area to the foothills, um, which is a beautiful trail system, it's just not, you know, explore it on your own. So that's, that's kind of my advocate. You don't, don't follow my channel. Just go, if you live in the surrounding areas, come down and visit, stay at a state park, and explore the foothills. It's a beautiful, beautiful trail system that extends 77 miles long, and it's, it's epic. It could be one of the best ultras ever that will never be ever. <laughs> 
I know I, cause I lived in Charlotte for a little while and I kind of knew those couple uh, events there, like, uh, I forget, Pisca to Mitchell, Prisco, yeah, what, yeah, what, there's yeah. like a bunch that kind of, it seems like a similar kind of deal where it would never be an official event, but you know, people go out in groups and kind of accomplish mm-hmm. the distance yeah. and it's super epic. But like, I mean, do, does that kind of happen with the foothills? And I guess like, there uh, is, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a group, uh, I think they call themselves the, uh, badass, the BAMF, badass motherfuckers. If you finish the Foothill 77, you record it on Strava, you send it in, we'll send you a cool ass wallet that says BAMF on it. And there's a, there's a group, right? It's an unofficial group. And I think I respect that group enough to just leave it at that. Like let them do their thing. And I think that's, that's pretty amazing. We love that we have races kind of on, on either end, like Jones Gap and Table Rock and whatever. Um, but I think that trail system needs be kept the way it is to be honest i want to dive a little bit more maybe into that and maybe like just for the reasons because like i could see both sides of it a little bit and i could see the side of like you know if you put on an event there and it's you know one day one weekend a year like does it really take away from the rest of the people exploring it solo um does it would it increase traffic to the area and maybe damage the area that people are concerned about like i'm I'm more interested in seeing maybe what what that is like in your thought process I think yeah, you pe- you pegged it on the head. So like, he- so that's my that's my uh, argument is that um, no, it would definitely not damage the area, overuse the area. It would do nothing to the area. Um, but I think there's there's one small. Like, we just live in a, in a different world. I think there's something to be said about when someone older than you in more miles than you says something you just listen and you just kind of, you know, you take it in. And, and I've, I've been so hyper speed about the way I do things in my life that I'm trying to slow down. So when I get feedback from uh, experienced runners and runners that are 20 years, 30 years, 40 years older than me that come to my events and say, we love what you do. We're so appreciative. Um, but when it comes to the foothill 77, like, like leave it be, I listen because, you know, that's, that's just what you do. That's what you do. And I, I think that I respect it enough to, to just follow it. And, and, and someone might come along and say, Hey, we're going to do this race. And I'm like, you know what, if you can pull off all the red flags and cut all the, or, or cut all the red tape and, and do it great. If not, um, I'm here to help. But uh, at the same time, like I have been out there by myself and I've never had any greater like experience, like just being out there, it's, it's a it's a wonderful trail system so i mean every, we all we all have it, that that trail that we get lost on and just us and it's so fantastic the foothill 77 for us that that segment of trail is is um is that's what it is for us we just want it to be private in our own and, and that's just the way it is respect that um moving into our uh quick questions our fun questions for the evening uh Let's start with a um i think i want to start with one of my favorites um and i'm gonna do the uh, ultra running walk-up song because that's one of my favorites if yeah if ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball what would yours be so i i think i put thunder and lightning by we were promised jetpacks and i only say this is the it's, it's a crazy story so i had just done my first 50k right and i got home and I'm like, dude, that was the most exhilarating. I've never done a 50K. I've never done a marathon. I'm actually, I don't think I've ever done a half marathon. I'm just like, there's a high school racer than a college race. We do like 10Ks. So I finished the race. I got home. I go, this was like, I'm in. Whatever this is, I'm in. 
I'm just like Googling all the race names. All right. Then all of a sudden, like the movie Born to Run came up and like this, this race out in like, you know, the Terra Humara land. So like I started Googling that and YouTube and that. And this video comes up with this guy like, oh, back in 2008, I did the Terra Humara 50 miler. And this is my video. And I watched it. And his background music was this song, this, this thunder and lightning song by We Were Promised Jetpacks. I'm like, this is a fucking cool one. This video is great. This race is great. This 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 song is even better. So I posted it on my Facebook page, and my buddy uh, uh, Cody Chibola, uh, who was in Ohio, he actually went to Athens. He actually went to OU and got his, um, I think, his graduate. He went to Eastern Michigan while undergrad. He went to OU, got his graduate. And he goes, dude, they're fucking playing in Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor tonight, and we're in Eastern Michigan. This is like five minutes down the road from. U of M. This is why I hate U of M. We were like the sister school. And he's like, dude, they're fucking playing tonight. You, we got to go watch this band. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. So we dropped everything and got like four or five guys together. I'm like, we're going to watch this band. So we went and watched them. It was awesome. Like, it's so weird that I posted a video of this band that's from the UK, you know, like the, the from Scotland, the UK, somewhere on there. And they're somehow playing in our neighborhood that night. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked, dude. Whatever's going on, like it, the stars are aligning. I'm, I love this song. This is it. So, use uh, YouTube or whatever, Google. We were promised jetpacks, uh, thunder and lightning. They've got a bunch of cool stuff. You might not like it. You might, whatever. If you don't, f you, I guess. Yeah, wait, we're to do it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a great addition to our uh, Spotify playlist that is destroying yeah. record oh, dude, at this dude, point. It, it's an awesome song. Can't wait to uh, throw that one on there. Cam's got some homework to do tonight. Um, but I want to talk about the next quick question is, do you have any pre-race rituals? One, as a runner, and then the second part is, as a race director, do you have any pre-race rituals? Oh, jeez. Uh, so, okay, yeah. Not, not as, a, as, a, as a race director. I'm just like, my mind is scrambling, trying to figure out, like, what, what am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? You always forget something. But as a runner... And I, you know, I, t- I kind of take this, uh, you know, lightly because I haven't really been a runner, runner, racer in a while. I've been kind of, you know, two, we got a, I got a one-year-old and a two-year-old and my wife has been coming off on pregnancy where she's now a sponsored elite athlete and she's, she's back in the game. She's like full swing, like running fast again. So I've kind of taken the back burner of running, but when I used to race, I would always take uh, an Epsom salt bath. I'd shave my legs. I just freaking relax just to kind of, you know, calm my nerves. And that was kind of my thing was like, Epson's all bad, shave your legs. Like that's, that's just what we did in college. We always shave their legs. I don't know if that's a thing. That's <laughs> probably not a thing nowadays, but that was a, as a college runner and as a elite runner kind of post-college, that's kind of what I did. And um, yeah, I don't do it anymore just because I'm a fat old, you know, middle-aged uh, slow guy that just tries to run on the weekends, I guess. I was gonna say you are a road runner. That sounds sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, I just yeah, I just I'm you know, I I'm, I'm gonna get back there. Hey, mark my words. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it one of these you know months or years or decades. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing that. Kind of going off that. Do you have any post race rituals? Oh, it's, uh, gotta be gotta be beer and uh, yeah, just beer, I guess. I mean, so I, I will say that my best uh, my 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 favorite post race run. Uh, coming up this weekend? No, no, not this weekend. No, oh, is this? 
is this weekend is the millstone 50k i'll give them a little shout out so craig marshall's uh puts that race on i think the help with andrew ruthenbeck puts that on it's an hour from us uh they kind of encourage runners to kind of bring a chili or a soup uh it could be you know veg- vegetarian whatever and like i show up to that race this is my i've done it four years in a row i think i dnf'd one year I got 10th the next year, the second, the year after that, I finally won it my fourth year. Like, fuck, I'm like, dude, fucking yes, I won, I won the race. And uh, as soon as I won, Craig's like, hey, man, you know, you might want to go check your car. Like, we had a couple of reported break-ins. They broke into my truck, stole my credit card, charged it for, like, a shit ton. It was, it was all fine. We got it all back. But it was like, that race is awesome because um, – uh, legal remedies uh, on tap or serving beer and everyone brings a chili and you just dabble in all the chilies after the race. So like that's kind of, my, my post race would be like beer, something hot, hang out afterwards. I don't need anything special. I don't need no pizzazz or bands. I just want to talk with people. After I, just, I mean, because most of the time you run a race by yourself. So like why in the hell would you want to like sit there and watch a band at the end of the race? You want to talk and socialize, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, um, one of the other good questions that we have tonight that has probably some of the best responses we've ever it's like just it's amazing it's it's just a, a great answer is um if you could run with one person in history of the world even if they aren't a runner and it's you know assuming they could keep up with you who would that be yeah no i, I looked at that today and i was like man like like you can run with like you know anybody right anybody like you could tell with the most famous runner the most famous athlete the most famous writer or songwriter or actress or just famous person and like the problem is you've already heard their story especially the world that we live in like we we know what they've said like on youtube or on their books or on their autobiography or whatever like i don't have a chance to talk to my grandmothers both my grandmothers have passed away on my mom's side and my dad's side and they had the most life ever and like i watched my grandmother on my mom's side pass away uh, with you know, on a bed like there's a cancer, and she's gonna do make it. And then I watched, and then my grandmother on my dad's side had a heart attack, and so she was taken from us. So this is like, but they were just so they had life, you know, like they had not only life but like history and experience, and just you know, something a six year old has that a 20 year old or 30 year old doesn't. So if I could run with somebody and they can keep up with me, or I can keep up with them, hell, I don't know. Um, I'd run with my two grandmas. Um, that would be cool just to hear some of the stories they had to say to, to just, you know, tell me what I missed or what they saw when I was growing up or about my dad or my mom or my family or whatever. So yeah, I talked to my grandmas or brought with my grandmas. Yeah. That's like I said, I mean, it's just so touching to hear all of the responses to that question. Always. It's just, I always get blown away by them and each person that we talk to steps it up a bit. Um, but I love, I love when they're like, heartwarming like that yeah um you have any sponsors you want to plug or final thank yous before we get out of here this evening yeah man we, you know, we so our races are very uh we don't have any actual paid sponsorships a lot of ours are are kind of um kind of in-house so we've got you know tailwind uh has always been a great which aren't provides for nutrition without limits i coach for them they provide our apparel and our coaching services I mean, Salty Bricks is on board. All of our, I mean, local Brewery 85 always gives us beer at all of our races. So, yeah, we, you know, like sponsorship, we, we, they know who they are. They're connecting with us um, on a very intimate level. But, um, yeah, we're just kind of out there trying to make our way and and, and um, doing, doing whatever we can. Awesome. 
Um, we'll put all those links for Upstate Ultras and Without Limits and Go Green Events in the description below in the video. Um, it's been wonderful having you on tonight. You were a great guest. I, I loved hearing all about your stories, your background. You've got a wild history, and I, I love it. Um, uh, so with that, with that, um, I think we have a show next week, right, Wes? Uh, what do we got lined up? Oh, yeah, we got something. We got Stay something tuned. Lined up. Stay tuned. Keep it on yep. the down low. We'll keep it on down low till our usual 24-hour post notices. Um, Wait, we'll when do you guys do the uh, – the uh, so when's the Backyard Ultra going to happen? So Ohio's Backyard Ultra is set to take place March 20th. Oh, really? So that's coming up soon. Yeah. So you guys, yeah. Are you guys going to go live for that, I'm guessing? Uh, we were just, we've got some uh, – <laughs> Guess you know, keep going. Keep going. You got some, you got some guests. Yeah, he's got some guests. We'll start for anyone in the chat that's looking for the Ohio's you know, back at Ultra. It's March twentieth. Uh, we have got some big plans for that one, but uh, looks like we're joined by a guest here. Yeah, this is Benjamin. This is my my, my boy right here. All right, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Yeah, they, they didn't go to sleep. So we have our Country Mile, the the last outlaw riding. And I know that's coming up uh, April 9th, 10th, and 11th. And we're, we're hoping to pull in some ringers. And uh, there's already, there's actually, a, uh, Tim Paws puts on the South Carolina version of the True Backyard Ultra. Uh, we do like a 5K version where you get 45 minutes through the loop. And uh, so we're kind of doing our own thing, part of the country mile race that we have. Love it. Um, I think uh, we'll, we'll call it it for that for the evening. Yeah. Um, Thanks everyone again for taking the time to join us. Everyone's been in the chat and super active tonight. We love it. We love when we see people in there. Um, we'll be back next week with another show and uh, we'll catch you all in the next one. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Version Our Nation.